Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In July 2020, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is supporting Black Rock Coalition. Black Rock Coalition represents a united front of musically and politically progressive Black artists and supporters. This month, we're donating 10% of Mastis revenue to Black Rock Coalition, and we encourage you to check them out at blackrockcoalition.org. If you'd like to participate in our sponsorship of music-related organizations, you can become a Mastis patron at patreon.com slash Mastis. Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode 197 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Bottlicious, Mark Blankenship. <laughs> defund the police. I'm doing fine. Great. Hello. <laughs> I don't know what's in that bottle. It's up to you. This is your journey. Um, oh, it's probably Fanta. Grape. <laughs> Do you want to? Want a Fanta? So today, as you've probably guessed, when you hear the sock hop theme, it usually means that uh, whatever is coming down the pike for discussion is not socky or hoppy <laughs> at all. I think this is true again today. Mark, you brought us today's song. What are we listening to? We are listening to Making Pies by Patty Griffin. And we have obliquely referred to Patty Griffin on other episodes of this show because she is a songwriter of much renown who has become uh, really a guiding star of the Americana roots genre since her first album, Living With Ghosts, arrived in 1996. And she is someone with whom I have had a decades-long love affair at this point. In fact, she's one of the artists that I can remember specifically where I was the first time that I heard her sing. I was in the basement of the Emory University radio station or the basement of the building where the Emory University radio station was housed. My friend Amanda was wrapping up her shift. I was about to start my shift and Amanda played Let Him Fly by Patty Griffin. And I honest to God was stopped in my tracks by her voice. I found it so thrilling to hear. And that meant that there was no looking back for me. And in the many decades since, Patty Griffin has released song after song that shows what I feel is an astonishing ability to sketch out an entire life as with maybe 15 words, which is a thing that Sarah and I have talked about many times before. And she is a singer of also incredible interpretive gifts. She has spoken in interviews before about how she could never get hired to do radio jingles when she was trying to make a living in Boston because she always sounded too sad. Uh, but she has she has really made hay with her sad fucking voice. Like, you cannot tell a happy story with Patty Griffin's singing, but you can tell some incredibly wonderful and moving sad stories. And I think that the song Making Pies is a great combination of both her songwriting and vocal gifts. Uh, before we get to the clip, I do want to set it up a little bit. This is a story song about an elderly woman who works every day at the Table Talk pie factory in the northeast somewhere um sarah did you know table talk pies as yes, a brand the, yeah we have them here yeah and that's not something that they have in the south so when i moved to the north and i realized that they were real and she hadn't just made that up for <laughs> the uh the song i was like oh my god awesome yeah so they're always woman, in those wire racks at the front of the bodega next to the register so 
even if you weren't aware and never buy one, you've they've been in your life if you yeah. live in this area. <laughs> you can't miss them. So this woman goes to work every day at the Table Talk Pie Factory making pies, and she is using this song to tell us a little bit about her life. And this is what happens at the end of the second verse and in the bridge. It's interesting that you think that she's elderly. I'm not sure I agree with that, but let's hear a clip and then we can talk about it. Okay. Okay, Sarah, I have a whole like literary analysis of the structure of this song that is going to include a reference to Samuel Beckett. Would you like me to hold on that or would you like me to just dive into it right now? <laughs> um, do you want to see if I do some of it for you? I yeah. could go either way. Yeah, I would, Sarah, why don't we start with you before I gas on? <laughs> um, I think that there is perhaps something to your argument about um, the woman being older and perhaps not... Perhaps she's not actually making pies anymore in the present. There is a kaleidoscopic sense of time um, here and like um, details that have been lost, um, like a sepia tone, not in an annoying like jewel forced way, but um, <laughs> but especially the clip that we just heard. I am I am fascinated by these choices, which are perfect in their off-puttingness because and yes. we're going to come back to that um sense of the age of the narrator and that there is like a degrading of the time signature there is a, a that sort of suggests sundowning if if you decide if you opt to believe that this narrator is old um and uh it's like a splintering of the consciousness and of memory that, um, you know, the, in the way that dementia and memory loss tend to take hold is that, um, older people can remember things that happened in 1949, but a conversation you just had, they may not be able to, to get to that. Mm -hmm. So there is that sense of it. And there is the, um, like her vocal decisions seem extremely like melodramatic and too much, but it's, it's sort of the only way to close off this section of the song in which the like corrosive effects of grief and loneliness have yes like worn away the pilings. There's so many fucking metaphors just in my description of this. I apologize everybody, but like, if her life and her um, 
coherence as a person facing the world is appear, the pilings have given way. And then the, that last bit is sort of her swimming back and getting back into the routine, which is the only, I think the only thing that like gives her outline any shape anymore mm-hmm. um which is also implied by other lyrics like that she goes and does typing for what's his that father mike i guess father mike yeah so this depiction of the long-term like slow dripping effects on the psyche and the memory and the like coherent personality of loneliness and specifically grief that is not manageable. Like this is the great, well, all right. The, the great lie of 21st century life is actually racism and institutional bias. But the other lie is that grief is manageable and has an, as a finite end and um, is not carried in the body. And I have never heard a song that, that got to that fractured, unending aspect of trying to control negative emotions for the benefit of, I don't even know, society, your own self-esteem. And then at the same time, the song is both beautiful and horrible to listen to. So bingo cards out, capital R, romantic, sublime presentation of this this disintegration of personality and then daily reassembling of self to try to be in the world yes okay (laughs) you've really you've picked up on a lot of the stuff that i was going to be putting down so thank you for that yeah probably took twice as long to do it but i don't have a master's from yale Mm. (laughs) get it done i do i got mine with box tops um i am so but I'm so glad that this song also speaks to your lit crit brain. Yes, it because does. Because I, sus- I suspected that that you would get a kick out of its structure. Um, because, Sarah, I have to tell you, this who, who else would structure a song like this? It's Because you're so right. It's like so unpleasant, but it's actually necessary for the story that she's trying to tell. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking, like, because this is Patty Griffin, who I don't know all of her work, but I have... Um, I know this song. I know this album. Um, and this, like, if something in it is making you, if there's like a pee under the mattress of the song, she put it there and she needs you to yes. go pull it out and look at it and figure out what she's doing. So that's sort of like, eh, the world and like the ribbons imagery, which is a little bit like e- easy for her, was easy for a reason in this sequence that's really difficult to listen to but because it's her you have to be like okay why like why am i pushing this away yes and okay so many things to say now so i have a uh professor in grad school speaking of who once said that there is a tendency in a lot of us when we are putting on a show to cut things from a script that we don't understand or that we feel make us uncomfortable when very often the key to the entire play is in that part. 
Yeah. The thing that we don't want to deal with is very often the thing that unlocks everything. And I think it's something similar here. Patty Griffin is obviously a very gifted artist. So if she puts a pee under the mattress, investigate why. And I just think that it's so exciting that she decided to write a song where the structure of the song disintegrates when the narrator gets to the grief of losing the only person that she's ever loved. And the the song, I, I, it's, I have always felt about, I've always imagined it as something just literally dissolves. Like the building of the song just collapses on the ground in that part. And the, it gets slow and weird and gross. And I also really love the fact that if you listen, she never actually says that her fiance died. You just know that she. You just know that that's what happened. Yeah. She gets at it with these with this elusiveness, which is so beautifully done because you don't even question what's happening. She's done it so well. But what she says is, um, "Did I show you this picture of my sweetheart taken of us before the war of the Greek and his Italian girl one Sunday at the shore?" I mean, already I'm imagining exactly what that photo looks yeah, like. Yeah, you can you can smell that. <laughs> and the fact that she, the Greek and his Italian girl, like she's already identified earlier in the song that her hair has turned gray, which is why I always assume that she's uh, elderly. But you know, she might be in her fifties, not elderly. Um, but she's already identified that she's her hair has turned gray. So when she refers to herself as an Italian girl, you know that this shit did not just happen. And then we tied our ribbons to the fire escape. They were taken by the birds who flew off to the country while the bombs rained on the world. That is to me, like, it is an image of death that is also weirdly beautiful. And then that is the moment when she's singing that word world where the song collapses because it's like she still, like you said, she can't, there's no end to this grief. She still can't look at it in the fucking face. And, it's, and then she, like you said, she has to pick herself back up and reassemble the song so that she can then reassemble her routine of going to her job. And in the initial verse of the song, we hear about how she's been working there long enough that the plastic cap she wears used to bother her, but now it doesn't because her hair has turned gray. So you know how long she's been using this routine to stave off the grief. And then in the the end of the first verse, she asks, did I show you this picture of my nephew taken at his big birthday surprise? And I've always found that such a piercing detail that she doesn't have anyone to love but she has her nephew like she meaning a romantic partner like she i have always assumed that she's still alone and so now the child in her life although her nephew is probably an adult but you know like that she's got her nephew but she doesn't have the person that she loved the most and you then get to the second verse where her husband dies and you realize or at least i think oh she couldn't ever love again because she could never get over what happened. Like, the grief is so titanic that she's never actually been able to move past it. And then we get to the Beckettian part of the song. Because then she says, You could cry or die or just make pies all day. I'm making pies. And what I hear in that is this woman who has had everything taken from her. She has built a life that inv- that includes Jesus, family, and this job. And I hear it as, well, I could cry or die, or I could get the fuck up and go to work. I hear rebellion, and I hear f- and I hear a kicking back against grief that I find really exciting. So even though she still can't quite face it, she also refuses to be destroyed by it. And it makes me think of a Beckett play called Rockabye. It's a very short Beckett play about an old woman who's in a rocking chair. And as in all Beckett plays, she's having a weird 
like surreal conversation with herself. But by the end, she you know that she's dying, and she says, fuck life. And that line is two things at once. It is, fuck this, I'm dying, and also, fuck you for doing this to me. And that's what I hear when this woman says, you could cry or die or just make pies all day. I'm making pies, motherfucker. And so, to me, the entire epic scope of this woman's life is contained in this four-minute song. And you then add on Patty Griffin's... Um, soulful sad singing and I just think you get a little masterpiece we're going to take a brief break from talking about Patty Griffin to turn our attention to a pop chart astrology reading yes that's when I take a song that was number one on an important date in someone's life and use it to extrapolate their entire destiny This week, we have a very special birthday pop chart astrology reading, and it's going out to Lucia, who was born on August 1st, 1960. Lucia, this birthday chart reading was requested by your sister, Gina, and uh, she seems pretty awesome, and she speaks pretty highly of you. So to get us started, I want to let you know, Lucia, that the song that was number one on the day that you were born, August 1st, 1960, was none other than the classic... I'm Sorry by Brenda Lee. Oh, God, it's so good. So before we go any further, let's take a, cl- uh, let's take a listen to a clip. I'm sorry, so sorry that I was such a fool. I didn't know love could be so Now, Lucia, there is no denying that I'm Sorry is a stone-cold standard, but one of the things that is so interesting about this song is that it was almost not a hit on several occasions. First of all, Brenda Lee was only 15 when this song was released, but she recorded it when she was 14, and her record company insisted that she hold off on releasing it until she had turned at least 15, because there was this feeling that people wouldn't buy that a 14-year-old could have as much pathos as she was able to project because she was just super talented and she could basically do anything. So they forced her to wait to release the song. Then it was released as the B-side to a song called That's All You Gotta Do, meaning it was not initially intended to be the song that was going to be promoted, that they were going to try to turn into a hit. And even though That's All You Gotta Do did reach number six, I think we know which of the two sides of that single has had the most staying power. And then... It is now seen, I'm sorry, as a classic of country music. It is one of the first songs that really utilized what's now known as the Nashville sound, meaning adding strings and lush instrumentation to country records, because in the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, that wasn't really done. However, at the time, I'm sorry was not released to country radio. It was only released to pop radio. So it was forced to wait to become a country standard uh, for quite some time. And to me, the thing that links all of this is this idea of waiting, this idea of putting things on pause until the moment is just right. Because, you know, Brenda Lee had to get a little older. They had to burn through the A side of the single before they got to the B side. And then country music had to wait years before they could clock that, oh yeah, I'm sorry, was one of their own. So what I think this means for your destiny, Lucia, is this. 
In some way, personal or professional, your success is rooted in the fact that you can bide your time until the moment is right. And that might come with a sense of frustration from time to time, but just know that the things that you are going to do, that your success is going to reveal to you, allow you to do, those things are always rooted in knowing that the moment will come. And a momentary hesitation, a momentary frustration, a momentary blockade, those things will not last because there is something in you that needs to and will be heard and will be embraced, just like Brenda Lee eventually was embraced for creating this dynamic classic song. So again, I guess to sum it up quickly, don't worry if you have to wait a bit because the reward for the waiting will be sweet and long-lasting because, I mean, come on, we're still singing I'm Sorry 60 years later, and I'm not sorry about that at all. Lucia, I hope that you have enjoyed this reading. It has been a pleasure to do it for you. And listeners, if you would like to have a pop chart astrology reading of your own, just shoot us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, and we'll let you know how to make that happen. And now, back to Patty Griffin. Yeah, I'm not sure that I get that from the end of it. I th- I think that she's so benumbed that it's like, uh, you know, dying, crying or dying were like considered and right. discarded as options that took too much right. effort. Um, there's also the implication for me that she is fucking Father Mike. Ooh, yes. I mean, I could be way off base with that, but there's just something about like, he's not bad to spend time with at all. And it's like, well, all right, I don't really feel anything, but at least I can get it in. And actually, then you get to the fact that she describes Jesus in rather sensual terms. The portrait of Jesus that's hanging on his wall with his honey brown hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah, but at some remove from her, and you wonder if she's not, like, lying on the couch in Father Mike's office while other things are happening, just staring at Jesus and hoping to feel something. But, like, how many many songs are there where we can have differing yet equally valid interpretations of what's happening? It's so fucking exciting. This is like the... this is like when you pull a T.S. Eliot cake out of the rum bath it's been in, and it's like, God, it's, it, it's still, there's still runoff. But I think there's also the implication that she is, um, if not an alcoholic, then occasionally has, like, that nothing has moved on for her because she's stuck in a bottle on top of everything else. Mm. Like, there is a garbled, I'm about to pass out quality to the fracturing of the lyric. And then the world, like it, it does sound a little like, listen, listen, listen. I, yeah. I would love you guys, but I have no sensation in my heart. Watch a lot of know, So I think I, that's, and that could be sort of keeping her on the line. That, but there's like a lot of things that could be true. And the collage quality of time in this song means that there are a lot of whens that could be true also. Yes. And I actually am legitimately thrilled that your interpretation is also exactly right. And it's not the same as my interpretation, <laughs> which is yeah. also exactly right. Like, I, it, it, it's like a short story. It's like a fucking, it's like an Elizabeth Strout short story if you've read the novel Olive Kittredge or any of her other incredible books. But like, she, Elizabeth Strout is a writer who writes in such... Um, 
a rich way that you're filling in all of these details because you're so excited to do it. And that's how I feel about this song. Um, Sarah, I also wanted to play a clip of another Patty Griffin song just to indicate for people who might not know her music that this is not the only lane in which she travels because I think that um, it's it, it actually makes me love making pies even more to remember that sometimes Patty Griffin is just going to navigate being sad in a very direct, blunt way. So just as a counterbalance to what's happening in Making Pies, here is a song of hers called Moses. Um, and I'll talk about why I chose this specific clip after we hear it. It just takes a lot of fucking moxie to compare your pain to the Red Sea. <laughs> and it's like that that the, the the lyrics of this song get right on the edge of being like sophomore poetry. Mm-hmm. But her fucking emotional commitment to it, the whirlwind of her hurt and rage makes me really entranced by what she's doing. And the reason I wanted to choose this particular clip is that I had a friend in college who was this person that she's talking about, never ask you any questions about yourself, always happy to tell you how great he is, and then if you die, he'd hear it about it he'd hear about it eventually. Fuck. Not every lyric in this song is great, but that lyric to me is great. Yeah, I love that. That it's like, yeah, he'd probably hear about it on Facebook and then he'll be sorry. For like five seconds. Yeah, maybe. Or he'd be like, and then Wait, he'll Is that tall Sarah or Sarah with the red hair? Like ugh. But then that night, you better believe that he'll be looking for sympathy when he goes out and is like, my friend died. Can I talk about how that makes me feel? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry I can't pay for a round. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And can you buy me a hot dog too? Thanks. My Facebook friend died. Are you getting more popcorn? (laughs) I think we all knew this person. (laughs) Yeah, she, um, have you, I assume you have spent time with her the gospel album oh downtown church so good which features this her rendition of the song uh waiting for my child which is so fucking sad i almost have to mentally prepare every time i listen to it there's a song on there it's like named so broadly in the way of hymns that i can't even remember the name of it but this song was what we sang in my church growing up to um to greet like once a baby had been baptized uh we would sing it and all creatures of our it. god and king yeah we yeah. um and uh so on confirmation sunday like there's however many like t- a dozen eighth graders marching through the baptismal font under the choir loft <laughs> actually it was right around this time of year as we're recording this it's the actually the end of june um and oh my god like to be in 
the confirmation class was the best because it was always really the first hot Sunday and the church did not have air conditioning and like you're up to your tits and chlorinated baptismal waters like hey but uh then it would be sung every time so if you were in the audience you were singing that song like 14 or 15 times for everyone in the confirmation class and then you never want to fucking hear it again after every (laughs) confirmation sunday and this her reading of it that it's like she it's like she had never heard the song she only looked at the lyrics and then she was like well sure like let's use the let's use the sheet music why not but then it sounded completely fresh and as though she had arrived independently at that melody line Mm, mm, she's really she's really something she's a goddamn gift is what she is yeah sometimes she could be that you're like i can't do this work you're too smart for me today. <laughs> but um, it's it's nice to know that it's there and that she did that work and that she never expected to do that work is another really amazing thing about her. Yeah. And she... Um, but she and was going to just you're, make pies. She's like, that's fine. And now, oh, what? I have a decades-long, really successful career as, an, as a singer-songwriter? Great. You're also absolutely correct that there is no moment on the beach when patty griffin is the right choice there is no moment when the top (laughs) is down in the convertible when patty griffin is the right choice well maybe if you're scattering someone's ashes but that's literally (laughs) the only time and even then it's like look this is just an uncle we didn't really like him and this is too sad (laughs) but sometimes if you need to feel like You've got like a diamond-tipped spear that's going right into the core of your soul. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe put on the Downtown Church album. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yes. Oh, thank God we had the sock hop theme. <laughs> <laughs> I think we may need to have an actual sock hop, and then Patty Griffin will write a song about the sock hop. That's like that ends the same way Dolly Parton's The Bridge ends, and we're like, yeah. God damn it, why do we invite her to shit? <laughs> It'll be like, we didn't realize the socks were made of asbestos. The next thing that we knew, our feet and our lungs were on fire. And Oh my God. There's this part in um, the Television Without Pity book that we wrote a gazillion years ago where I wrote an entry about um, Sheriff John Bunnell, who narrated the world's wildest police videos. <laughs> And that we wondered if he narrated every single thing in his life like this. And he's like, this pickle jar learned the hard way that when the second person tries to do it left-handed, it opens. Or like what it would be like to have sex with this guy. And so now that it's like, your vagina learned the hard way. Like, uh-huh. So, so I'm just wondering if like that's the Patty Griffin experience that like – you just invite her to like, it's just a chill backyard barbecue. It's not a big deal. And then there's like 15 songs about potato salad that's been sitting out <laughs> seven minutes too long. And you're like, you, we just wanted you to bring some beer and sit around and talk about college hoops. That- and now it's the fucking ring cycle of mayonnaise based foods. And the, it's name- ruined. the the name of that song is Don't Eat That, parentheses, It's Been in the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the holes, parentheses, in the cling wrap? <laughs> uh, 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 
oh, did you leave that in the carport? I can't eat that now. She's like, <laughs> she's like, no, you put, you brought it over in what now? She's like the front line of singer songwriters. There is no yes. subject that she can't suffuse with like just despair i mean and i mean this in a wonderful way but it's like front lights like this basket of kittens despair <laughs> will all be drowned you know it's not unlike this ha- box you know, of crayons will melt and die <laughs> like oh god i but i'm glad that patty griffin knows who she is i'm i love her for who she is it's not unlike natalie merchant yes i'm never gonna go to a Ten Thousand maniac song when it's time to have an uncomplicated dance party yeah. Well, maybe I would, but then I'd be like ironic about it. But you know, so I well, okay, but I, um, Sister Rose, and in your heart, you're making fun of it a little bit, but that's fine. Yeah, it's about a wedding. <laughs> and Patty oh, Griffin's God. like, oh, I remember that wedding. Everyone died. Strum. You're like, uh, check, please. <laughs> I mean, we if you look only, at the check, you'll see that you could only be you'll see that they've only. When you look at the check, do you know why the food is so cheap? Because immigrant labor was used to prepare it. Everyone's going to die, Strum. (laughs) (laughs) Not just even you, especially you. In fact, starting with you, because you ordered the potato salad and it was in the trunk. It sure is a beautiful day, but it's seven degrees hotter than it's supposed to be on an average day in May. (laughs) That means that the planet is boiling us all alive, Strum. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you're like, (laughs) I suffer from advanced dementia and I'm at the wrong party, Strum. And you're like, "Uh, Patty, we were... I just had some LaCroix. I, I thought it was, that's all I said is I thought it tasted good. <laughs> oh, well, Sarah. Ma'am, this is an Arby's. <laughs> this is Downton Arby's, ma'am. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, I really felt that we were in a, you know, sober, academic, exegetical space. And now, I mean, we haven't, no, we did talk about dicks. Sorry, Patty. <laughs> Ah, we did. <laughs> I'm in a sad mood tonight. Oh, I'm in a sad mood. I'm in a sad Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. A sad mood tonight Oh, my baby done gone away and left me My baby done gone Oh, I don't know why she left me But this one thing I know She's Mark and 
Sarah talk about shoot Marsh and Sarah talk about shoot Marsh and Sarah talk about song Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.